thankful for that blood. How many times, not just when we were in the muck and the mire, but even in serving God when we've stumbled and we've fallen, there's still a blood that's there. Oh, I'm so grateful. I'm grateful to be under that blood this morning. Because when we're under that blood, He doesn't see me, He doesn't hear me, but He hears Jesus in me. Amen. God bless you. It's sure good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. The sun is shining. There are no mosquitoes. It is just wonderful. And I won't tell you the rest of the story, but there's a reason that we enjoy hot coffee and hot chocolate and hot tea and hot showers that we're here. And there's a reason that some people felt more comfortable and probably entirely justified not having to start their car and come out. But... Uh, uh, God bless you. It's sure good to be in the house of the Lord. Good to have, be connected with all of you. We're, we're happy uh, just to be a Christian this morning. This is seemingly the only real place that we have in this world. Uh, I'll tell you, I look forward to the next service because the, the things that are in between the work and the world and the news and all the other things, this is not my home. I, I say that with an assurity. You know, the Spirit is looking to, to take its flight. Amen. But anyway, we're happy to be here. We sure appreciate the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I, I just want to say I'm thankful for how He's been in our services, how He's been in our lives. We had a wonderful service on Wednesday. God bless you, Brother Moses. We sure appreciated that. That was just the Holy Spirit ministering to us. 
The young people had a wonderful service Friday. Brother John ministered to them, and just such a spirit of God that was there. So we're thankful for that. Um, next weekend, we're, well, we're looking for the Holy Spirit today. We're looking for Him on Wednesday, and we're looking for Him for next weekend. But next weekend, we are going to have Brother Dwayne Fair ministering for us. So we're looking forward to that. Brother Dwayne also has such a good spirit, and we're just, I would ask you just to be in prayer. Pull on God, and God will work through the gift. And so we, we want to say that. Also, this Tuesday, there's, there's always a few uh, people that will gather together for prayer. And um, Brother Daryl Ward spoke a service last year. Brother Daryl Ward is an associate with Brother Donnie Reagan in Happy Valley. He spoke a service last year that I, 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 it just is sort of stuck with me, but it's called The Power of Prayer. And if you ever want to go back and listen to that, it, it's wonderful. But Brother Daryl Ward and I have been communicating, and there were some needs in the body of Christ around the word, world, and he felt it on his heart to have a time of collective prayer from time to time. And we did that about a month ago, and we would like to do it again this Tuesday. So... He has sent out a call to a lot of the brothers, and he calls it an international call to prayer, and it would be at 7 p.m. on Tuesday, and he says, come and join with the saints in prayer in our homes and our churches as we approach the throne of God together. You know, the, the tree of life uh, is what we focus on, but the tree of knowledge has both good and evil. And under the good, we can connect with the body of Christ through many different means. But I, I feel like this is a season of a coming together of the bride. And I, as the pressures increase, we're going to need one another more and more. You're going to need your brother. You're going to need your sister. You're going you're to need to lean on the Christ in the body. And I believe prayer is one of those ways of doing it. So it's, it's this... Tuesday, wherever you are, if you can set aside an hour just to pray. I know the last time we did that, there was a few brothers that were gathered together at the church here, and I'll tell you, it was a prayer meeting unlike one we've had before. It was just a simultaneous calling on a brother. The brothers would, would testify to that, and, and that was the same we've had in different places. There's a brother that I've known for many years, Brother Tim Hayden. He's in the U.S., and he said, when Brother Darrell sent that out, he said, he says, we've been doing this at our church for over a year. We gathered together, and he says, it has made a difference in our church. And I would like to say, it's making a difference, and it's going to keep making a difference. We can never pray too much. So if you're, wherever you are, you join together. I believe there's a strength in unity, and I, I want to encourage you, so... That's most of our announcements. There's a, a brother in our midst here today, Brother Pharaoh Ayaya. Is he here? That's you, brother. God bless you. Brother Pharaoh is um, uh, he's connected with brothers in the Philippines. Brother Mark Junio knows him, but he is connected and streamed uh, in, uh, his, in a church in the Philippines. Uh, he's connected with different people. Come to find out that there was, he lives just a few blocks away. And he, he found out about it, and he, he's here this morning. And he has a desire to go on with God. So we're going to talk with him a little bit more. 
and, and we just thank God for his dealing in the hearts and lives of the people. So God bless you. Nice to have you in our midst this morning. Amen. Well, let's just turn this, maybe let's just sing a song before we turn to the word. The holy hills are calling me. The holy hills of heaven call me. feel like that but this flesh this body is so limiting and there's something inside of us that's just bursting to go forth let's turn in our Bibles to John chapter 12 I want to thank you for the songs brother Dan just was really in a channel that the Lord I believe is leading us so God bless you sister Angie thank you for that special that was wonderful thank you amen sure is good to 
be in the Spirit and worship together. I want to welcome you all that are here and um, those that are listening in. John chapter 12. You know what? I actually, I want to make that John chapter 14. I'm sorry, Brother Ethan. We're going to go John chapter 14. We'll go back to John 12 later. John chapter 14, verse 8. And Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. And Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long a time with you, and yet thou hast not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father, and then... How sayest thou then, show us the Father? I would also like to say, the world's dying to see Jesus. And I believe there's a time when the bride will be the full expression of Jesus. Show us Jesus. Look at the bride. There's Jesus again. And he says, believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. So he takes this time to say the Spirit of God is dwelling in this vessel, and he points to the time that is right now, and he's saying that is the f- expression of the Father right now. But now he points in a prophetic way, he says, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do because I go to my Father. So that same Spirit would have a continuation. He'll go on to say, And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments." God bless his word. You may have your seats. I'll ask you to turn in your Bibles just over another verse. It might be the same page, but it's John chapter 15, and starting at verse 1. Jesus would say, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word that I have spoken unto you. I, my, you could speak a whole service on that one verse, but we're going to carry on. He says in verse 4, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you, except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. 
He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. God bless you for the songs this morning, Brother Dan. That was right in the channel of where the Holy Spirit is. That actually gives me faith. And that gives me confidence that God is working in our midst. That ought to give you confidence. If a man, a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and he is, and, and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. So here's another scripture saying, you ask what you want, and it will be done unto you. Now I'm going to go back to Mark chapter 11. This was the scripture we took last week. And I'm going to start in verse 22 and just bring this together with the thought and the channel we were in last week. And I want to, last week we spoke on the entrance to perfect faith. And I want to take some time to go into some of that, maybe remind you. And maybe remind you of things you've seen or heard all your life. But I want it, that, that's what Peter actually said. I, I'm here to remind you. I think you shared that with the young people, Brother Andrew. I, I'm here to remind you. And when you're reminded of the word, God at the season activates it in our lives. We may have heard it, but there comes a time when it takes on a life of itself. So we don't know when that is. That's in God's control. Mark 11, verse 22. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whatsoever, that whatsoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now, this, this is actually stepping it up from well, whatever you ask. You know, well, I, I desire this little thing. But now it's actually insurmountable odds, mountains. It, it, it's, it's on a higher level. It's what you desire. Cast it into the sea. All things are possible, only believe. He would say, therefore I say unto you, whatsoever, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. These are wonderful, wonderful scriptures. And Brother Branham would actually take these because he was so honest with himself and before God, he said, I really couldn't even preach this for many years because he could not see it in the atonement. And yet I believe he brought us to this point and the Holy Spirit is actually carrying us into this. I need to read the next two verses because they really are part of the service today. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. 
So these two scriptures are linked with the previous two. I would like to continue and I'd like to speak on the channel of perfect faith. And as a subtitle, I want to speak on the way up is down. So uh, you might think, okay, I got that. Yeah. Okay, if you did, just, just feel free to leave right now. <laughs> if you got it. That's our human mind sometimes. But we're here for a reason. We're here, we need to hear the word. We need to be reminded. There are a number of aspects of perfect faith and this scripture of Mark 11 that I really would like to get to. And, and, and I've identified different aspects of the desire and self-will, the oneness of asking with God, you know, the, the position the, that we have, the humility. But I want to take it in a little bit of humility and forgiveness. And, and I want to just maybe take this a little bit as a continuation, and uh, I want to just take a couple of points from Perfect Faith. I'd underlined these in my book at home, and my book is sitting on my desk at home. So I'm just going to take them quickly as I just grabbed them running here. But from the message Perfect Faith, and this is one of those messages I would encourage you to just go through and meditate on. There are some messages, I'll take one, Christ the mystery of God revealed. That's a message you can just dwell on. This is another message you can just dwell on. I, I call it, let it percolate. Let it, let, it, let it become a part of your fabric of thinking. And say, Lord, what are you saying to me? What are you speaking of the day and the hour we live in? Now, Brother Branham would say this. We are trying to get the church into the place where we really see apostolic times moving among us. That's what we all hunger for. It's laying right at the door. We see it, but we want to see more of it. We want it to be such a flow that it'll be a help to us and a help to others. Now, Jesus would say, abide in me and I in you, you know, because if there's an abiding, there's an inflow and there's an outflow. And if you want to see faith at work, it's not intellectually grabbing it, holding it in your head, but it's applying it. It's using it in your daily life. It's, it's giving out. I feel sorry for people who just hide it to themselves. I feel sorry because eternal life actually is living for others. Eternal life is coming to service. It's coming to prayer. And it's entering in for someone else. Sometimes it's not for you. Sometimes it's for your son or your daughter. Sometimes it's saying amen to create an atmosphere. Sometimes it's asking God to move and flow through me. You can activate it this morning. You don't need to be a sponge and just sit there. You can say amen. I'm encouraging you. Enter into this service right now. Destroy the devil. Destroy the unbelief that's in your right. Let's enter into this service. This is not just a punch the clock and punch out again. This is an eternal realm. This is the Holy Spirit wanting to enter in this morning. 
Now, Brother Bannon would go on to say, I'm going to read about four quotes here from Perfect Faith. I've got a number of things I want to read, but I don't want that to take away from where you're at. He would go on to say, I want you to get this now. And, he, and he's, I, I need to say, we've had faith, but we need a higher level of faith. And he actually would say, he would identify perfect faith as rapturing faith. And we need that. And so we need to say, the faith that you used, as Brother Brandon would actually speak, he'd say, to the, as, he, as he talked to the Roman jailer, he would say, what must we be, do to be saved? Believe on the Lord, and thy and thy house shall be saved. And Brother Adam would say, the faith that you applied for yourself, you can apply for your family. You can apply for your situations. So faith knows no ends. Faith, if we can tap into it, there's an energy, and faith is what activates the energy and the power of God. The power of God is here today, but it takes faith to do it. Rapturing faith, we've heard the question, we've heard it, is laying in them messages. That's what he would say. So I, I would say, and it's not on paper, but if we take it into our heart, it will change our bodies. It will do it. It's here now. We have the material on earth now. It hasn't always been here, but we have it now. And I want to tap into it. Amen, if you're desiring as well. The church has got to lift itself in the power of God. We are too close to the end. I believe the church is in a condition where it can teach a little deeper things. Rub some of this make-belief out, see? Get into something real. It's got to be something you know. Brother Bannon would talk about the visions. I've always believed these visions because he would say it's beyond human thinking. It's the realms of the Lord's thinking. It's a branch producing the fruit that's in the vine. Now, now if you take the time and if you want to, if you've got the message perfect faith and you just want to leave it on your bedside and you just dwell on these things, I would encourage you. Because it's, it just blesses me every time I go to it. Now he said, faith is actually a substance. And he says, by it I understand all these things are done. And he says, it's not an imagination. It's a substance, especially perfect faith. It is more real than COVID. It is more real than the regulations the government are putting. It's more real than the clothes you wear, the car you drive. It's more real than your jobs. It's more real than anything else that's here today. Perfect faith. Abraham called those things as, that were, as they were not. I don't look at Laodicea. I don't look at these things. I look at what God is opening to us right now. Okay, I need to slow down and not jump ahead. I really want to take my time because I'm not going to stop the service at today. So wherever I get to, I'm going to try and get what the Lord has laid on my heart and then go from there. 
Now, I, I didn't bring my book, so I'm, I'm just jumping ahead quickly here in the message to see if I can find the next one. But Brother Branham would speak. Uh, let me just find this one. He would talk about perfect faith being rapturing faith. Okay, so I bypassed it. It's not the same number as in my book. But if I can just take this one aspect. He talks in one place how it's... Uh, uh, we are now anointed messiahs. Here it is. We become anointed with the same spirit, anointed messiahs of the last day to shine forth the resurrection of Jesus Christ to show that he is not dead, but in the form of the Holy Ghost, he's in his people. He's moving among his bride with a love affair to her, pouring out into her himself. She is him. That's not in this quote. It's another quote. They are becoming one for the wedding supper. The same signs producing the same God, the same word, making the same manifestations. I, I, I don't know about you, but I've gone back to this a number of times. But the, the, the program they put out, and it's called The Chosen, and, and it just blessed me just to look at the level of God manifest in flesh and the humanity of Jesus because as he was, so are we in this world. And I look at it and I say, that was God coming to these people. They call it the chosen people. But they, they come to those things and I look, are we any different? That same God is here today. That same God that turned the water into wine is here today. That same God that cleansed the leper is here today. That same God that can forgive sins is here today. That God, he is here. He's among us. And I'll tell you what, that is becoming very, very real. It's a substance. Friends, I'm not just looking at a religious duty. I'm looking at Christ and his people. Now, he would go on a little bit further. I just want to read this next part. Brother Branham is, is just speaking, and, and, and he, has a, he has a prayer line at the end of this. But he would just begin to say, and I don't know if I can get this last quote, but my, 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 I've hit, I've hit the prayer line. I'm, okay, so I've, I've missed it. I'll, I'll pick it up. But he, he would speak about rapturing faith in the book. It's paragraph 184. Let's, let me carry on. In, in pick up your pen and write. Now, Brother Branham would say this now. I took John chapter 14 and John chapter 15. Jesus is speaking of himself as the Father is the vine, but I'm a branch or I'm an expression of that branch. But he himself was both the vine and the branch. And he's referred to that in the Bible both ways. But he would speak that that life was expressed through a human channel and it's going to be continued to be expressed in a human channel. So he would talk about this, and he would say this in, in Pick Up Your Pen. He'd say, now, those in the bride, they do only his will. No one can make them do otherwise. They have, thus saith the Lord, or they keep still. Don't let this be just words that you remember. Think about what's being said right now and ask yourself, how do I fit this? I'm encouraging you. I'm, I'm, 
I'm, I'm pricking you if I can. I, and it's, it's not to, that I have something against. I just, our, our senses are dull sometimes. And I'm just trying to let the Holy Spirit prick us that we would lift a little higher. And he said, they know it has to be God in them doing the works, fulfilling his own word. He did not complete all his work while in his earthly ministry. So he now works in and through the bride. Now, he says, God, the program of God, he's desiring to do something, and we can get out of the program. He says, how do you get back in the program? He says, prayer is the best way I know of getting back in the program of God. I don't know if you've ever felt like I've, I've been in a channel with God, and all of a sudden Satan came along, and I find myself over here. I'll tell you what, I hate it when that happens. I hate being out of the main tributary. I hate getting caught in a pool where I'm just kind of stagnating. And I say, Lord, get me back where it's flowing. Get me back where the Holy Spirit's moving. I want to be there. I want to dwell there. I want to move in that channel. That's what we want as a church. We don't want to just stagnate. We don't want to just show up. We want to move as the Holy Ghost is moving. Now, he would say... And, we, and he would actually say, we can paralyze the program of God. Because he's depending on us to fulfill the word of God for this day. So let's, let's, let's be earnest. So he would say, he did not complete his work while in his earthly ministry, so now he works through the bride. She knows that. For it was not yet time for him to do certain things he must do. But he will fulfill through the bride... That which he left for this specific time. And then he says, let's stand like Joshua and Caleb. Joshua was the end time leader. Caleb represents the, those that trade, stayed true to Joshua. Now, he, t he takes the message in 1959. And he says, what was the Holy Ghost given for? And he would say, the purpose of sending the Holy Ghost was for God. Now remember, it was God the Father, God and the Son, God and the Spirit. But the Spirit needs a vessel to work through. And we are vessels this morning. The purpose of sending the Holy Ghost was for God to continue through a bunch of people. There's a bunch of people here this morning. There's a bunch of people listening in this morning. So let's identify. He says, to continually manifest God to the world. Not a creed, not a denomination. Brother Harold, what you prayed in the office, he says, we're so thankful to be a part of what God is doing. So thankful. I, I am so grateful. And he says, not by denomination or creed, but by the power of his resurrection, making his word real, taking his promise and standing on the side of the minority and moving and believing God, watch the black skies move back and the power of God move in and take over. That's what he wants. That's what the Holy Ghost was sent for. He was sent to destroy the works of the enemy. We are here to torment the devil in his Eden. He tormented God's children in God's Eden, but on the flip side, God has placed us here. This Eve will not fall. This Eve is here to torment the devil. 
This Eve is here to take footsteps and dominion. There's a power that's in our church. There's a power that's in a home. When a dad and a mom bind together and they say, Lord, I claim my children. Lord, I claim the sickness that's in our home. Satan, you've got to move back. And I say that power is in the church right now. And we need to exercise it. You want to see the flip side of that? You just get in a spot where as you're, you're standing for someone. And if you start to diminish, all of a sudden it affects your children. It affects others. But when you rise up, when you stand up, the devil cannot move. The token is there. God is there. That's what we're called to. Now, he, he will say this, this, what was the Holy Ghost given for? And Brother Bram jumps right into this. God in his church to continue his works. That's why he sent the Holy Ghost. The Father sent the Son, and now it's the Son in you. The same works he did, the same very works now that Jesus did, you'll do also the church. This is not on a shelf to way off in the future. I need you to bite and eat this right now. I need you to eat this word now. Whatever your situation is, whatever your mountain is, you need to start feeding on these scriptures and these words. I am here as a continuation of what God started in Jesus. This bride is here speaking for him. She is the mouthpiece for him. She is the final voice. She's the last voice the devil's ever going to hear. These devils are moved at this voice. Now, he said, wouldn't you like to do the works of God? If you want to do the works, believe on me. Now, he'll actually say this as well. And just pardon me if I'm reading a few quotations, but these are rich. If you abide in me and my words in you, ask what you will. This is all part of that same message. Speak it. God said it, and you're sure he said it, and the Holy Ghost bears record that the word is right. Now, before you try to jump into some fantastic and speak something, you need to exercise it on a small level. You need to start making sure that the words you say are true from the heart. I had a, a man, he's a client, he's a doctor, he's, let me just say it, he's not a fan of Justin Trudeau. And he actually said to me one time, he says, I hate bringing all this up because it makes my blood pressure go up. And I'm a doctor and I know what blood pressure does to you. <laughs> anyway, he sent me a text yesterday. And, and he, it was an article on our prime minister. And, and he was so upset about it. And, and I thought, you know what? I could get in on his level, which is a human level, which is the human spirit. And it would have been easy for me to do. But I said... 
I'm not here just to express myself through intellect, through emotion, through reasoning, through these things. I'm here to express faith. So I answered him back, and I just said a simple one-liner, and I said, much could be said, John, I said, but I said, it's apparent that the governments of this world are serving other agendas. And I believe that. I believe it's not the governments in control, it's Satan in control, and every government is. And I said that by faith without going and quoting Scripture to him. And you know what? I didn't sink to the level he was at, but I stayed where a level of faith was at. And I think we need to, to exercise that in everything we do. We need to exercise that in how we speak to one another. We need to exercise that if you have something in your heart against something, someone, or you've left something undone that could be questionable and it's there in your mind, I would advise you get it right. Get it cleared out. Take the flues. Allow the channel to be uninhibited. I, not, not many of you might know about electricity. I, I, I don't know a lot about it. There's some electricians here. They know more about it than I do. But electricity is a channel that can flow. Sometimes you get too much. Sometimes you don't get enough. So what you can add to the flow of electricity, if you get too much, is a resistor. A resistor takes it and, and channels it down so at the end it'll only produce so much. That's what happens when you buy one of these, what do they call them? Uh, uh, things you plug your computer into that you don't get a power surge and such. Resistors are used. But you also need conductors. So if you've got resistors in your life, if you've got, if every time you pray, you know, uh, you've you got, you got to fight through something, and, and, it's, and it's there, if our hearts condemn us not, then we can have faith before God. If you know there's a little something, and you can't rightfully have faith, then, then why are we doing it? Friends, we're coming to a channel of perfect faith. The way up is down. And I say, clear all these things up. Be honest with one another. Say good things, Brother Branham said. Don't undermine one another. Don't speak from your human realm. Speak from a faith realm. If you can't uh, respect someone, respect the gift that's in their life. They're a son or daughter of God. They're different than me. Lord, I, I can't, I'm not built that way. Um, if I try to align my human spirit, it'll never work. But respect who they are and where they come from. And that, that goes both ways. That's not just to the office in the church. It reciprocates back the other way too. No, I, that, wasn't, that was free. That wasn't in my notes. Now, he would say... Speak to this mountain. If you don't doubt, it'll come to pass. Now, okay, I need to just dwell on an outside realm for a minute here. Um, we are seeing a fulfillment of things on the outside. It seems like the momentum is building every time we, we look, look at what's happening around us. I want to pick this up. Brother Branham would speak. And I, I said last week, you know, Here's Brother Branham. He would come to a meeting, and he says, you know, I'm, I'm not really much of a preacher. I'm, my gift is just praying for the sick. And, you know, he, he did all of that to break down. But all along, in his mind, he goes back to 1933 at the river. And at the river, 
there was a voice that came out at the river, and, and it said, uh, as John the Baptist was sent to forth to forerun the first coming of Christ, so will your message forerun the second coming of Christ. So he, that was always there. If, if, there's, uh, if there was, you know, faith is just in, in such an infancy form, but you keep feeding it, it becomes not just a little trickle, but it becomes a stream, a river, it becomes a mighty waterfall. And, and if you can let go and let God have his way, not what we work ourselves up to, but what God has determined from the very beginning. So he would say that, and he actually says it was 1933, about the middle of June, the 16th or 18th of June, here he was standing at the river and, and they came down. Now, I, I never really put this together so much till now, but he would speak in, in the church age book about the Laodicean age, and he says, as a servant of God who has seen multitudes of visions, none has ever failed. And then he makes this prediction, which has been kind of gone through the ringer. He says, I predict that, that this age will end around 1977. Well, I, I don't want to get into that. There's thoughts I have on that, and I'm not going to get into it. But he said, I base this prediction on seven major continuous visions that came to me one Sunday morning in June 1933. So right at the very time that that voice had come down to the river, God drops these visions down to him. And I, I'm just going to go through them very quickly. He said the first vision was Mussolini would invade Ethiopia and the nation would fall at its steps. So that happened. The next vision was that an Austrian by the name of Adolf Hitler would rise and, and he would draw the world into war. That happened. The third vision was the realm of world politics would be three isms, fascism, nationalism, communism. Could, actually, we could take time and speak a service on this. I apologize if I'm rushing through it. That was the third vision. So these were historical visions that came to pass. Bang, bang, one, two, three, very quickly. Now, the fourth vision showed the great advances in science that would come after the Second World War. It was headed up in a vision of a plastic bubble-top car that was running down beautiful highways under remote control so that the people appeared seated in this car without a steering wheel, and they were playing some sort of a game to amuse themselves. Now, I shared this with a few brothers here last week, and, and I, I'm just going to jump into it real quick if I can, but it, it was, it was a, an article that came out and this company called Cruise, which is part of GM. Now, there's been driverless cars before, but they've all had a steering wheel. Now, this corporation is putting forth this new car, no steering wheel, no gas pedal, and it, it's a, it's, and there's an article on it here. It, it, it's orange and black. It looked like a crossover SUV. There's no obvious front to the vehicle, no head, no, no hood, no driver passenger windows, no side view. The symmetry of the exterior is oddly conforming. I was one of the first, this guy said, I was one of the first employees to drive it. And, and he, he goes, there's two bench seats facing each other. 
This is exactly what the vision showed. Friends, it's coming to pass around us. It's real. It's not way off anymore. It's here now. I'm speaking on the outside. And he says, and, and, and there's so much in this article. And, and he says, I, I, I'm not going to read more of this, but I, I want to read the quote that, that was attached to this. This is Brother Branham saying, Science will progress in such a way that they'll make a car that will not have to be guided by a steering wheel. The cars will continue to be shaped like an egg until the consummation. You look at the shape of every car. I, I used to, okay, this is personal, just, just an aside. I used to like some foreign cars maybe, you know, especially at the time I, I, I kind of hit middle age and I started to look at sport models and convertibles and, and things and, and, and things. And I, and I liked maybe some of the lines that were there with some of the foreign cars. Like they had some square shape. Now everything is so homogenized, one size fits all. The BMW looks like the GM. The, the Mercedes looks like... There's, there's not much distinction other than the decal of the label, right? I got a son who, who put a Mercedes decal on his GM. And, and it was... He also painted a flag on the rooftop. So that'll tell you which son it was. But... You know, it, it, it's not just the decal or the label, right? He, he put a Mercedes on the front, and he put a Toyota on the back, and I think he put a Chrysler on the side, and this GM vehicle or whatever it was. I don't know. Anyway. So it, 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 it's, it's, it's all blending together. <coughs> now, he would go on to say, I've seen an American family in the road, down the road in a Broadway in a car with their backs turned towards the wheel, where the wheel should be, that's exactly what this car is. And he says, looked like they were playing checkers and cars. We got it. It's on television. It's popular science. It's mechanics. It's controlled by a remote control, by a radar. They won't even have a steering wheel. Now look at what he says. You just set your dial like this. You dial your phone, and your car takes you right to it. Now, who could see that back then? God saw it. He revealed it to the eyes of the prophet, and he gave it to us that we might have faith for the hour we live in. That's out there. Oh, my. I I'll tell you what. When I see these things, I'll tell you what. Every time I see it, it's getting closer. It's closer. It's closer. Now, that's outside. What about in here? We're getting to that. Now, the fifth vision was, and Brother Bannon would say, the fifth vision had to do with women, the moral problem of our age, centering on women. They began to vote. They cut off their hair. Equal rights. They, they adopted men's clothing, went into a state of undress. I saw a woman naked except for a little fig leaf. I saw a terrible perversion in the moral, flight, a moral plight of the whole world. Okay. The sixth vision. There rose up in America a most beautiful but cruel woman. She held the people in her complete power, I believe that this was the rise of the Roman Catholic Church. It could possibly be a vision of some woman raising in great power due to the popular vote of the women. So he puts the fifth and the sixth together. And he actually says, based, I'll, I'll leave the seventh for a minute. Oh, let me just, he said, the last and seventh vision was a terrible explosion, nothing but debris, craters, and smoke all over the land of America. Now he makes this statement. He says, I believe, based on these seven visions, along with rapid changes, that, that these visions 
will all have to come to pass. So everybody, he says, I predict. And he puts this in bold letters. So this is the man part. I, mean, I have a service I want to speak on, on the prophetic part of God. Because God, in, in, in the prophets, it was the voice of God in them, but they were still human beings. You know, and, and I, 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 can't, I don't want to preach that now. Okay, I'll come back, come to that. But he says, I still maintain, okay, I sincerely believe, along with the divine inspiration, that 1977 ought to terminate the world systems and usher a millennium. Now, can anyone prove that these visions were wrong? Each one has been fulfilled. The plastic bubble car has been built and is awaiting only a better network of roads. That's what's happening. And he says, women are all but naked, now wearing topless bathing suits. I saw this, this dress, and then he goes on. What is left? Oh, no, here he says this. And then he says, the Catholic Church is on the rise. We have had one Catholic president, and will no doubt have another. Hello? We have another. I say we. The world has another. And I say... And he says, I beseech you. He says, what's left? Nothing except Hebrews 12, 26. I shake the earth, but also the heaven. God will shake the earth and shake it with everything loose. I beseech you, give your life wholly, unreservedly to Jesus Christ, the faithful shepherd who will care for you and present you faultless in his glory. Now, I, I said all of that, and i got to move along. Now, let, let me go back to this, because this is cyclical. I'm just going to use the word cycle for a minute. Because Brother Branham would speak about how we're moving. And I'm talking about moving into the channel of perfect faith. So he says, in Straight is the Gate, he's saying, This illegitimate world is tumbling under sin like a drunk man. She'll be blowed in the midst. She'll be volcanic dust. We see the time ticking away. Now look at how he brings the two together. Oh God... Take every doubt away from us. Move us into that cycle just now. Come, Holy Spirit. Hold your great wings. Brood over this audience. Let them know that you're in divine presence, that it's you. We do not need to see as much the great ministries that rise up in the message. I'll tell you, all these self-proclaimed apostles and men who are rising up, watch what it's producing. The age of man is over. It's producing nothing. It's just a red herring. It's, it's just a smokescreen. The real God dwells in simplicity and in humility. He will also say in the seventh seal, there's a great secret that lies beneath this seal. You know, Brother Branham would say in the seventh seal, he says, when the supernatural comes in, that's like the mind of Christ. You know, in our human thinking, we take the, we take the church ages. You know, you read through it. It's actually a very good book for you to present to believers. I said last week, give them the back half of the book. If they accept it, give them the whole book. Give them, give them the, the, the resume of the ages. And, and you can follow it through quite well intellectually. But now you come to the seals, which has been unedited, which is still a book, 
and, and people try to follow it through, and they're stumbled at it. And, 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 and often we come with the approach, okay, I got the church ages, now I'll get the, the seals. And, then, and we're thinking in our mind, in our intellect, okay, I'll get this, I'll figure this out. We're actually approaching it the wrong way. Because the first message Brother Branham spoke in the series on the seals was God in simplicity. And, and he would speak that message. He would go through the whole series on the seals and he comes back to the seventh seal. And he says, oh, for the grace of God to see these things. I never knew what he was doing when he told me to preach in that, that God in simplicity. And he's in the seventh seal. Do you see how it ties together? Oh, friends. Listen. In our mind, in our thinking... We, we approach it intellectually sometimes, but you need to let go and let God have his way. You need, you need, you know, a gift is getting out of the way. Let your mind get out of your way. Let your thinking get out of your way. Let the Spirit of God minister to you. Brother, I would say it's another gear that you slip into. Let, let me bring this in right now because... Brother Branham would talk about this man. Uh, I don't know where I put this now. Let me just quickly pull it up here. But he would talk about this man that, 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 that he, uh, in the India report, he talks about this. He was a friend of his, and, and he was a, a man that, that had gone. His name was John Sproul. He's a good friend of mine. He was at Alice Lorraine in France, and he was taken by a guide through a garden, and he saw a great statue of Christ. And he stood off, looking at the statue, and he criticized it. And this, this sculptor had, had done this statue, and he said, what was the sculptor thinking? He says, that is supposed to embody the sufferings of Christ. And, and the guide, while he was criticizing it to his wife, the guide walked up and said, Mr. Sproul, Perhaps you're criticizing the work of the sculptor. And he said, yes, I don't see why he hung it up there. It doesn't look anything like it shows the sufferings of Christ. He said, sir, you're looking at it right the wrong way. Now, pardon me for a moment. But he said, there's an altar right down here. Come down to this altar, and he says, and then look up at it. And he says, when he knelt up, from the altar and he looked up at it, then he started weeping and he broke down because you can't look at Christ from afar. You have to look at him from down here to see the beauty that's in him. And he says, oh, I knelt down. My heart would have broke. I saw the features of Christ and all the suffering. And he says, oh, brethren, by the word of God, if you're standing off and looking with an observation... And I'll say this, our human spirit, our human mentality is so easy to slip into a religious gear. Yeah, I got this. I heard that. I did this. We continually need to humble ourselves. You say, Brother Ed, why do I go through trials? Because if you do, you get too lifted up and you're up here and God needs you down here to see things properly. 
Sometimes you go through something so you can identify with your brother or sister in their sufferings. Sometimes you go through it so you can pray for them better. Sometimes God allows us to do those things that we can be what we need to be to the body. He's saying, that's the way it is with the word of God. You stand off and look at it. This guy hasn't got it. That guy ain't got it. It won't work, he says. You can't just be a casual observer. Go and read Theodore Teddy Roosevelt's speech on the man in the arena. Every once in a while when I think, oh, you know, I, we're, we're easy to give commentary on somebody. Huh. Look at them. Look at this. And all the while, you know, there's a little toothpick over there. There's a two-by-four in our eye the whole time. You know what? Their weakness may not be your weakness. And you need to be able to humble yourself to a point where you're not just looking down, but you're actually entering in and saying, Lord, help my brother, help my sister, help them with what they're struggling with. The time is slipping away on me. And he says, it's, it's get down and look up. That's what brings results. Then you have a different attitude, a different attitude towards your brethren, a different attitude toward the man who's striving for the same thing you are. It breaks down all barriers. Sometimes our human pride is such a terrible thing. You know, we, we don't like to admit that we have weaknesses. We don't like to, you know, I'm in the message. I'm in the third pull. I got this. And, you, and really, you can ride on that level, but you get nowhere with God. And sometimes all you're doing is you're, you're elevating yourself amongst one another. We're actually one body. Sometimes it does good. There's a brother, I, I just, a couple of brothers I talked to in the last week, and I was just honest with them, and I said, I'm praying for you, but I ask you pray for me. I got this certain situation. And you know, the minute I confessed that, I felt strength rise. Don't ask me how that happens. The minute I, you know, there's another thing, I, and I just said, I, I didn't fulfill this obligation. I'm going to confess that. I, I could have just said, ah, it's okay. I'll just, I'll, I'll just wide over. Okay, your, your head might tell you that, but in your heart, there's a little ought and you can't really have faith until you make it right with God. And you know what? The minute you make it right, you feel good. Hey, you, you, can, get, you can get a bill in the mail, and you might have the money in the account to pay the bill. And you can say, that's okay, I got this, but it's still sitting there. Once you pay the bill, you feel good. It's clear. It's behind me. I don't have to worry about it anymore. It's the same way with these things. Oh, there's this little, is, you know, like, you know. Clear it up. Why do you want it to, to hinder you? Okay, you know, you were, you were shouting a lot louder earlier in the service. I, I don't hear the same level of shouting right now. <laughs> An entrance will be ministered to you. This is the entrance to perfect faith. Forgive. Ah, oh, my, my, my. Okay, let's just go back to this. I'm just talking about a cycle Brother Branham would talk about, and he would say, 
You know, there's a cycle that, that, that is happening. He says, in perfect faith, the church is coming up a little higher. And he'd say, in the seventh seal, he says this. He says, there's seven thunders uttering, banging, bang, bang, unfolding into something else. I couldn't, the interpretation flew across there. I couldn't quite see it. He says, the hour isn't quite yet, but it's moving into that cycle. We see the world moving into its cycle. The church has to move into its cycle. And he says, now, I speak this in the name of the Lord. Be prepared, for you do not know what time it will happen. He would also say, in, in identification of Christ, and he's praying, Father, may faith just move up now into another cycle. Step outside of human thinking. They have heard this for years. They've been taught by their pastors. They've looked for years and years. But Father, we pray you'll make it known that you are alive, you're living among your people, your people, you're the lily of the valley. I, I tell you, I, I'm not looking at our services the same as I looked at them a year ago. I'm looking and I'm saying, Lord, the focus is shifting more and more to you. I, I just want to say, while I'm here, I appreciate the ministers in this church. Brother Andrew, who will be ministering tonight. Brother Max, who's away. But even Brother John, what he does with the young people. Brother Moses, God bless you all. You know what we're seeing? We're seeing more of God in every gift. It's not one is this way and one's that way. This is my favorite. No, no. Come expecting God in every service, and He will feed you. But sometimes we say, oh, that's brother so-and-so. He's got his ways. Okay, you just limited God. You just put a resistor in the line. I'll say, Lord, cast that away. Forget everything. I think we need to forget about what's Sunday morning and what's Sunday night and what's Wednesday. Every service is the same to God. It's not one over the other. It's the same God. I think we need to look at our prayer meetings differently. I think we need to look at our interaction with one another, our family devotions. It's the same God in our midst all the time. My, my, my. I got to keep going here. He would, he would just talk quickly. He says, out there, there's a church out there. He said, I saw a great powerful woman rise in the estates. He says, I seen this woman rise up, beautiful to look at, a cruel, wicked heart, and there will be that church, and she's on a road now. He's talking out there. But he says today, he says, what about in here? He says, in a message, perfect faith. Can you compare Christians today with Christians long ago? Them disciples walked in the power of the Spirit, moved by the Holy Ghost. Just a prisoner, as I preached on the other day, to the will of God. He couldn't even move until God moved him. Talking of Paul. Wouldn't you like to see a church rise like that? He said, oh, it's going, to, it's going back. It's got to come. It's on its road now. How's it coming? Well, when we have this meeting and this convention and brothers and all the brothers will be gathered together and then it'll happen. You're missing it. It's happening right now. It's happening with the attitude you pick up a message book. It's happening. Don't miss it. Okay, one more that I, I got and then I'm going to take a few scriptures. Don't ever forget this. 
God has promised great shakings, great mighty works. Write this on your notes if you're writing. What man calls mighty and great, God calls foolish. What man calls foolish, God calls great. Don't forget that, see? That will help you in the years to come. Because we're looking for something greater all the time. And we're receiving greater all the time. But the people of the world don't know it. Now, sometimes we miss it right where we're at. My, okay, can I just have a few of those shouts that you had back at the beginning over here once in a while? Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay. Let me just quickly, a couple of things on faith, because Brother Adam would talk a message, fundamental foundation of faith. And I would say, what is faith? Because sometimes we view it as, I've got to take another step. I've got to fast. I've got to pray. I've got to... Okay, it's not that. He says, faith doesn't mean long, drawn-out prayer meetings. I'm saying this to help you. Because in our human mind, we think, oh... No, that's your flesh doing that, by the way. It doesn't mean long fasts. Faith is an unconscious thing. Your real faith, you're unconscious of it. You know that faith you got, it's an unconscious matter with you. And he would say, the first thing before we got to have faith, there's got to be a foundation for it. He would would talk a little bit, and, and he would talk in... In, in, in this same message, and he says so many wonderful things in this message. But he says, now, I, I need to give you an anti-type for a minute. He said, if Satan, by the laws of sin and death, can make everything that sin and death come, it takes the law of sin and death for Satan to operate and bring a cancer. So what is it? Sin, and because there's sin and there's not a blood covering, then a cancer comes. Now, that doesn't mean because you get a cancer, it doesn't mean that you're, you're a sinner. Satan, Satan comes unlawfully sometimes. He says, now, man recognizes that he's in this fallen state. He receives it, and Satan sends heartaches. We recognize it and receive it. Now, if Satan by his power can make his laws work in man, how much more ought God with his power make his laws work in man? If Satan can do those things and we recognize it, how much more can God do? The law of sin and death works in the people. The law of the liberty of Christ has come to set us free from these things. I believe this with all my heart. I believe we're nearing the age where people are going to recognize these things. We ought not to have so much vain philosophy and teachings But we need to set our human mind to a revolution of thinking on matters of this and that instead of taking it away from the Word of God. Now, I don't mean to say this in a wrong way. The comment that's often made, and I don't think you'll find it actually in the message, but it's a comment that's been made through the testimony of Brother Billy Paul. And I don't know how it all came about, but it says, you'll not be an old man when the sharks will be swimming. And so the saying goes out, Billy Paul's not an old man. Let's be honest. He's 87. Are you sure 
you're not just following some thought of your own. We've got to set our faith on something that's real and substantial. And, and so there's a lot of these sayings that are out there. I'm not doing it to mock, but I'm just saying, let's be honest. Let's take the message into our hearts. You've got to abide in a channel where God can move and God can work. Now, he, he would go on and say this, and, and this is, we allow these things to clog us up. And he says, but we need to, there's a force that's here, an unseen force, if we can catch it. If the natural laws of God in electricity can bring things to pass, what could the power of the Holy Ghost do passing through the human heart by faith? We need to clear every channel out. He says right in the church now, if we allow every member of the body of Christ to operate right now. Brother Branham said, they asked him, what would you rather have? Gifts, tongues, things, etc. in the church. He said, none of those things. Give me a faith in God's unadulterated word. And he says, within five minutes, everybody in this building will be healed. That's what we're looking for. Don't, don't be setting your eyes on something less. Okay, you know, we needed faith. In our, in our Christian walk, we needed faith. You know, we need one another. My, oh my, this clock is just an enemy. We need one another. You know, you're, you're a young man. I'm, I'm grateful for uh, fathers of the faith. I'm grateful for what those that have gone before us have lived out. And it helped us have faith. I'm grateful for parents that prayed for us. I'm grateful that you still have parents that pray for us. I'm grateful for real brothers and real sisters that we can link together. There's, a, there's something that unites when two believers get together. It brings us up a little higher. I believe that's in the church now and it ought to keep building, but it's also in the individual believer. You know, I'm, I'm going to really need to move this into another channel now. I, I, I have a bunch of other quotes I'm going to bypass right now. So in Mark chapter 11, Jesus would say, talking about faith, and he, and he would, would, would say it in, in the way he says, so when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any other. Now, so, so he talks about this, and, and we're talking about forgiveness here. And, and, and he would, Brother Bannon would say, now faith is based on forgiveness then. He says, now we're trying to move into apostolic times. He said, now God will never hear your prayer as long as you hide iniquity in your heart. Now, you might not think it's there, but if you kneel down and pray and you got this little thing and you just try to bypass it, you might move forward a little bit, but you'll never have perfect faith if you hide it. The Bible said if our hearts condemn us not, then we have confidence towards God. Now, <laughs> the, the Bible would say, you know, Iniquity must come. Things must happen. Things, offenses is actually the word. Offenses must come. And, and in many things, we offend all. Uh, no doubt I've offended people. I've offended my family. I've offended 
relatives. I've offended people that have listened to me. I've offended people I work with. I've, I've, I've done many things that way. We offend many people. And other people offend us. So it works both ways. You've got to forgive, but you also have to forgive others. You, you have to forgive others, but you also have to be forgiving to them. And recognize, I'm not perfect. And so there has to be something common to us. So if, 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 if there's something laying there and, and we let it linger, it, we, we really can't have faith. Now the best way to overcome, if, if somebody's, if you feel like you've been wronged or something, the best way to overcome it, Brother Harold taught me this many years ago, is to actually get on your knees and start praying for that person. And actually enter in for that. Lord, you, you can forgive them. <laughs> what kind of a prayer is that? Lord, you can forgive them. No, Lord, I forgive them. I'm not going to bring it up again, Lord. I, and, if it, and if you see it starting to rise up in Christ, the mystery of God, he says, when you see that rise up in you, you ought to get to praying. Why? Because you develop clicks and you develop little things. I'm going to avoid so-and-so. And you might even not subconsciously know why. It's hindering perfect faith. Oh, they don't dress with the right kind of clothes, or they're in the wrong kind of crowd, or they're this and this. These things need to disappear. These things cannot hinder us moving forward. Now, I, I, let, let, me, let me take a couple of scriptures because I, I, really, I really want to take this just for, just for a moment, and, and, and Brother Branham would, would take it. So let's go to James chapter my. James chapter 1, I'm skipping a few, Ethan. James chapter 1, if you will. Oh, I need to give some, some scriptures and word, not just quotes here. But James chapter 1, this is James speaking, and he would say in verse 6, Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Let not the man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his words. Remember, I ask you for a few of those roars now. Okay, thank you. He says, verse 9, Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. You know, there's a great power Brother Branham would teach us. He said, The great man is not the one that thinks he's great. But the great man is the one that makes you feel great. The great man, and listen, it can't be a put-on. But you actually prefer your brother above yourself. You don't come in here. If you have an education and a degree and a good job and a good car, and you're using that to elevate over your brother that doesn't have it, you need to get to the altar. Check your car out. Check your degree when you walk in the door. Check it out when you get into, and I don't mean look at it. I mean, leave it behind. Oh, man, there's just not a lot of roars. I thought there would be lots of roars at this time. I'm going to say it honestly. As a minister, I thought, wow, this is a great revelation. I'm going to go preach this at some convention somewhere. And they'll all love me. And, and if I could be like Paul LaFontaine and I have a gift and I could sing a song after, that would even be better. I don't have those imaginations anymore. I don't care if it's me. 
I rejoice to see Brother Max used of God. I rejoice to see Brother Andrew. I rejoice, God, to see your prayer. What is it? It's, it's now no longer, Brother Ed, it's the Holy Spirit in us. Oh, I die daily. Thank God for it. My desires have changed. I'm no longer, there's no longer a human element in it anymore. You know, Gehazi with Elijah, you know, here comes Nahum, leper. You know, here, the, the thoughts of man is Naaman, oh, this prophet's going to come out. He's going to speak the word. Lightning's going to come. The leprosy's going to disappear. And instead, Elijah sends his servant out. And he's offended. And he runs away. He starts to drive the other way. And thankfully, Naaman had a servant, a, a man of lower degree. And he says, now if he asked you to do some great thing, wouldn't you have done it? He says, but he asked me to go to the River Jordan, that dirty, filthy river. We got better rivers. See, all these things he had to fight through to fulfill the word of God. But he finally went and fulfilled it. And God in simplicity. And now he comes back, and here's Gehazi, who was the channel. And Gehazi, you know, and he says, you know, Naaman says, can I give you anything? Do you need something? And, and Naaman knew, or sorry, Gehazi knew that they, they could use a little extra funds, and they could do those things. But he didn't know, and he went back to him, and, 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 and he says, no, just send him on his way. And he went back to ask for money. And the very disease that Naaman had came back on him. Why? He took the glory away from God. This was a time when the works of God would be magnified, not the needs of man. You put God first, God will meet your needs. Show God to be God, He will take care of you. This is, this is where we're coming to. My desire is not to see us magnified or this church magnified. God bless you, Brother Harold, for years. You had people come and call you and ask, can we have some of your tapes that you would send out that we could play at our church? And Brother Harold said, no, I don't believe that's what I need to do. I, I would rather send you the prophet's voice. Oh, why? But you could have all of the, you could have so many more people. That's not what we're here for. We're here for God. We're here for God in his body. Friends, it was the same it was the same with everyone that was ever used of God. They had to humble themselves. They had to, he said, let the rich rejoice, or the brother of low degree rejoice in that he's exalted, and let the rich that he's made low. Yeah, I'm actually nothing. Brother Branham would actually become nothing. The greatest gift God sent to this earth, and you watch the decline it was less of Brother Branham and more of God all the time. There's our example. James chapter 4, verse 6. But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Okay, we're speaking perfect faith, <laughs> not climbing a ladder going down. But he gives more grace, he says, to the humble. Verse 7, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. 
Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. There's a brother who has given tremendously to the work of God over the years. And yet he's never made a big show of it. In fact, if you would, I'm not even talking about a brother in the city, it's a brother in another place. He just does it quietly, gives, 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 and, and doesn't make a show. And somehow it's God appearing, meeting a need here, meeting a need here. If, if Brother Adam would talk about those men that, that were looking for that oil well or gusher in Kentucky, and he says they wanted to do it. And he says, Brother Adam, you know where it is? Yeah, I said, I know where it is. I've seen it. Tell us where it is. Tell us. He says, no. He says, God, the gift isn't used for that. Oh, what is your gift? It's getting out of the way. It's not exalting and saying, my gift is above all the other gifts in the assembly. Nobody can do this like me. Rather, you just do your work and let God get the glory. And he says, Brother Brandon would actually say about that Kentucky oil thing, he would say, and later on, to show that it was of man, they began to fight for one another. And he says, and he says I, I knew the spirit that was behind it. It's, it's a tremendous thing to have discernment. It's another thing to have the character to go with it. James chapter 5. Over in verse 14. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let him pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another. Now, I, I don't believe you need to come up in front of the church and, and spill out all kinds of things. I think the enemy would want that. But I think there's a time... When you, using the wisdom of God, you can say, I, I feel like something's hindering me. And, you know, if you've sinned against the church, you need to make it right with the church. But if you've sinned against a brother, you make that right with a brother or a sister privately. You don't need to go out. If you did something between you and God, you make that right with you and God. But I, there is a place where you say, I struggle with this. I struggle with that. You know, Sometimes we build somebody up and we think that they're just on such a plane and, you know, we have to attain to it. But when you actually confess it, you drop down and you get to this level and you're on par and now your brother is identified with you. Oh, he needs me. Yeah, ministers need you. I need you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm nothing without him. Without him. As the song was sung this morning, I can do nothing. Oh, man, I, I, I'm just waiting for the roars to erupt here. Brother Branham would have an example. I, I, I Just give me about another five minutes, I'm done. He say, and I'll tell you when you can start timing me. He says, now, God will never hear your prayer as long as you hide iniquity. He says, I want to tell you about an experience I had a few days ago. And he, this is in a message, reaction to an action. I've gone through some testings. I, they would, he says, and he's talking about the trial that he was going through. 
and they'd comb me over and over. I was so tired. I came home that morning. My wife said, how are you doing? She says, honey, them things would drive you out of mind. We sat down to eat dinner, and the phone rang, and, and it was an answering service. They said, it's them attorneys again. Honey, I can't stand it any longer. I just can't stand it. I got up from the table, tell them I'm not in here, and I went out the door. And he says, I felt real bad. And I came back, and my wife is a whole lot, lot better woman than I am a man, and she came to the door. Was that just exactly right, Billy? Now, think about the humility to say this, first of all, and to leave this as an example for us. You want an example to look up to? This is an example. And he says, I felt real bad. Uh, I said, was that exactly right, Billy? I said, sure. I knew it wasn't. But I wanted to make her think that my story would stick. Well, I wasn't in here just then. But you were in here when they called. And I said, all right. And I went out. I had to go pray for a baby. And I felt awful. And I'm going to pray. And as I'm kneeling to pray, this man had come 400 miles with a sick baby. And, and he says, all of a sudden, I seen it. I was wrong. God was not going to hear my prayer. And he said, mister, stay right here. I'll pray for your baby, but right now I'm not worthy to pray for your baby because I got something to make right before I pray for your baby. Now remember, faith is based on forgiveness. This is all part of perfect faith. I done something wrong. I've got to make it right. First thing he did, he went to the attorney's office and he knocked on the door and said, hey, I thought you were gone. He said, sir, I was only gone around the house when you're calling. And I told him what I did. You had me in such a fix. And he says, and then this and this happened. The attorney got up from behind the desk. He reached over and he says, Brother Branham, I've always had confidence in you. But now I got more than ever. You know, sometimes the flesh gets scared. And we try to comb over it. But inside of you, there's a real heart. And he says, thank you. That made me feel good. I got in my car. I went to the old cave. He says, first you confess you're wrong. Then you go back to God. I prayed all afternoon. And I told the Lord I wasn't fit to pray for his people. And he says, please forgive me. Give me grace. I prayed till the sun was going down. And he said, I was standing there in a great big rock, praying with my hands raised up. And all of a sudden, he says, I, uh, I, mean, he says, I hope even if I'm in the grave, I'll rise and see him in the east. And I finished praising. I dropped in my hands and I said, Lord, if you'll forgive my sin like you did Moses that day. He says, then I'll go and pray for your people. But he says, out of nowhere, there came a little wind, a whirlwind to the side, came down through the bushes. I wept like a baby with both hands in the air. If our hearts condemn us not, we have confidence before God. God will not answer if we're hiding something in our heart. So let's confess our sins and our wrongs and trust God to pour out his heart in such a measure. What am I saying, brother, sister? How many hindrances do we have in our individual lives? How many hindrances do we have even with God when we, if we just humble ourselves? Now, I had much more I could bring, but let's have the musicians come. I'm closing this, this may be simple, but Brother Branham would say, forgive one another, not just with lip service, but from the heart. If you know there's an ought, now I, there's scriptures I could take. There's a brother. He's a friend of mine. He's a minister. He had to go overseas. 
He had to preach a convention. And it was the strangest subject that he ever thought to go to a convention with. It was a total of four meetings. And the only subject he had was forgiveness. One, two, three, and four. And he preached the first one. And he says it was received like it is right about now. He preached another service. He just he couldn't get away from it. He left those meetings, and he said, I'm never going back there again. He gets a call back a few weeks later, and the minister that was there, broken down, he says, God came, and he so cleansed our church. And he said, please, come back again. He, he said, I don't want to come back. He said, no, please, come back again. God did something for us. Now, friends, I, I'm just saying, this may seem very, very simple, this part of it. But I want you just to be honest. Play something softly. Do you have something? As I've been ministering today, I, I check my heart. There's things I feel like they're done, and then I feel like the devil just does something to anoint it, cause it to rise up again, and I say... Lord, I'm putting that down. Sometimes I don't want to go and talk and confess that uh, I'm a minister, I'm a preacher. And, you know, that, that's becoming to go down there. No. Lay it down. Lay down your status. Lay down your human pride. Lay it down. Do you want to see more of God? Humble yourself. Do you want to see more of God in our midst? Humble ourselves. Last scripture I'm just using here. 1 Peter chapter 5. Verse 5. Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves to the elder. All of you be subject one to another. Be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. I'm not asking for a show of hands. I'm not going to do a big pull. I'm just letting the word drop in your heart. And I'm saying I, I, I feel like I didn't do justice to where I wanted to get to today. Let's stand together. Brother was ministering the other day and it just so struck me. This service today, you will take it with you. And if at the judgment bar, if you come to a white throne judgment, this service will be played back. Not just with the camera that's there or here, but it'll be played back with the thoughts that are in your heart right now. It'll be played back with the things that God pricked you with. And everybody will see it. And you will be judged with what you did with this service. But if you are a part of the bride that will use this time, judgment begins at the house of the Lord. If you will use this time as saying, 
this is my purification. This is my cleansing. Then there's a blood covering and God cannot even see it. So when you come to the judgment, this service will be played and all the thoughts that you had that were wrong, if you wash them in the blood of Jesus, they will not be seen on that day. Now I ask the question, how do you want this service to be recorded? At the judgment bar with all our thoughts? Or do you want to take right now the blood of Jesus? Do you want to have forgiveness? Do you want to forgive? Because you have that choice. We're free moral agents. I say, right now, Lord, if there's a little tug in your heart, why don't you just go towards Him? Maybe it's, it, it almost would tear your heart up to think, I got to make this right or I got to get down on my knees. I got to humble myself. But just take a step. There's a channel we all dwell in. God dwells in humility. He resists the proud. You, you, can, you can ride along. You can dress nice. You can, but he, he knows all along what's in our hearts. I, I feel like my goal is, is to become less and less and less. Like Brother Max said, I'm unpacking. Not just natural things, but I'm unpacking my pride. I'm unpacking my prestige, my stature. I'm unpacking all of these things like Paul did, that Christ may dwell in me. Let's sing the song Sister Angie's playing. I want to live the
be the Lord of all the kingdoms of my heart. Jesus be the Lord of all. Jesus be the Lord of all. Jesus be the Lord of all. thought he had it all in his intellect. God let him get that way, and then he had to take it all out of him. Till Moses couldn't even hardly speak, Aaron had to be his spokesman. But then God could use him. We have to master the thought of human ability. Paul thought he had everything just right, but God had to strike him down on his road to Damascus. And he had to lie in the dust. And there's a quote Brother Branham has. He says, And as long as we stay in the dust, God can use us. But if you ever rise above it. Now I want to take one more example. The Lord Jesus Christ. He had all power. He could have called the angels to take him off the cross. He could have done all of these things. But what did he surrender? Self-will. In the Garden of Gethsemane, the greatest battle was ever fought. The Spirit left him. What was his greatest victory when he wrestled it out in the garden? And now, it wasn't even his human spirit. It wasn't emotion. It wasn't God. 
but it had so blended together till all that was acting out was character and his faith. And one of the greatest acts, because he could have, he could have, he could have walked away from everything that was there. But one of his greatest acts after he left the garden, the greatest act of faith was when he came to the soldiers and they say, we're looking for Jesus. And he said, I'm he. He was presenting himself to die. And the scripture says the soldiers all stumbled back. This is so unheard of. What's the greatest thing you can give him? It's yourself, your will. He gave everything to you. Why don't you give everything to him? Let's just sing, I love him, I love him because he first loved me, and then we're going to bow in prayer. Ah. Uh.